Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 102. Welcome back, Adam Antimaniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison, and thank you for tuning in today. I hope everyone is safe and well during these bizarre times that we're still in the middle of, especially uh, with kids going back to school for the first time in six months and us going into the second wave of the virus, uh, as we've been calling it, at least here in Ontario. And hopefully by now you've found yourself a comfortable routine that you can enjoy at least until we can have our regular lives back, whenever that may be. I know it's something that's kind of always changing for myself anyways, especially especially with having the podcast. So, you know, at the time being, I've been enjoying doing these outside in public parks. But come the winter, that's probably going to have to change again. But just like everybody, we'll do what we got to do, and we'll adapt accordingly. That being said, let's get into today's episode, which is a really fun one. Especially if you grew up in Canada during the 90s, you will very much enjoy this episode. Today's guest is Ross Hull, who is the meteorologist or weatherman on Global News. He is also formerly an actor, as he likes to refer to himself as that guy from that show. And that's because, like I said, if you grew up in the late 90s, you'll definitely recognize Ross's face from such Canadian pop culture classics as Student Bodies, Are You Afraid of the Dark, or Ready or Not, all shows that I watched religiously in grade school. So I had an awesome chat with Ross about his career and just about being a part of Canadian media since he was a very young adult. And what I loved about meeting up with Ross is not only is he just really, really friendly and just a great person, but he's just very proud of his work and happy with what he's accomplished and loves talking about it. You'll even hear midway through the interview, because we met in a public park, a passerby just yelled, hey, weather guy. And I imagine to most people that would probably get pretty old pretty quickly. But to Ross, he just loves it and embraces it. And I thought that was really cool. And yeah, like I said, I really enjoyed meeting Ross and discussing his career and reminiscing about Canadian pop culture. So we had met in the Garrison Common at the Fort York Historic Site here in Toronto for what Ross liked to call the podcast picnic which I'm liking these titles for these podcast settings that, that we've been given. There's the, the bird's nest here in my kitchen that was given by Eric Shankman of the Spin Doctors. And now we've got the, uh, the podcast picnic. And I have to say, I prefer the podcast picnic to doing Zoom or uh, online virtual meetings. But the only drawback to the podcast picnic is that there is environmental noise or background noise. And it's not bad, but it is there. So because this might be more of a regular option for the next little while going forward, I have looked into getting some software that will help reduce that background distraction. And it's a great tool to have anyways, because even our pre-pandemic podcast, many of the episodes, in fact, a majority of the episodes were recorded in venues. And on occasion, we've had to battle things like soundcheck happening at the same time as the interview. And eventually we want to get back to recording at venues. So I'm excited about the upgrade. So anyways, you can catch Ross. I guess it's every night on the six o'clock news uh, on Global News here in Toronto. I believe he also forecasts the weather and reports on weather stories in a few other provinces. But you can catch him right now here on the Adamantium podcast. And if you're tuning in for the first time, first of all, thank you for listening. And we hope that you will tune in again someday. Feel free to hit that subscribe button on whichever podcast network you choose to get your podcasts. You can also follow the Adamantium podcast on social media. We're on Instagram at the Adamantium, on Facebook at the Adamantium podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. 
So without further ado, let's get into today's episode with Ross Hall right here on episode 102 of the Adamantium podcast. Enjoy. Have a great week, everyone. Stay safe. Be well. Well, thank you again, Ross, for for coming. I really, really do appreciate it taking the time, especially right now for our unconventional podcast. Yeah, this is great. You know, we're uh, just to set the scene. We're we're out. I guess you're gonna already set the scene. Maybe yeah, I'll in the do intro. an introduction. <laughs> but yeah, you know what? You're probably better at setting the scene than I am. But yeah, you know, I, I think I picked a decent day weather-wise. Did. did I not? And yeah, we're sitting here in. Uh, in a park around Fort York, and it's pretty pleasant, so I'll take any opportunity can you, I could be outside. Can you give us um, an, an example of, of your expertise? <laughs> How would you describe today? Well, today is, I think we're we're in the low 20s, and there's an interesting aspect to today's weather as well. I don't know if you noticed, but when you look west, do you see that kind of haze in the sky? Yeah. There's kind of a different... You may not see it because you can't. We can't fully see east here, but there's some smoke in the upper levels of the atmosphere. Okay. And that's from the wildfires in uh, in the U.S. That's actually all made it way, all, all the way, way over here. To here with uh, through the jet stream. So. Wow, yes. that's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It's in the upper levels, so it's not really affecting air quality here yeah. like it has in Vancouver and right. all those areas like along the west coast. But it's it's interesting how everything is interconnected. Yeah, right? I've seen some actually very. Uh, a little bit disturbing photos from Vancouver of this, the smoke coming all the way from Washington. And, yes. Yeah. yeah. No. That is. Um, that's definitely a big weather story uh, this year. Uh, is those fires and of course the hurricanes and, mm-hmm. and record-breaking hurricane season two. So there's never, never a lack of things to talk that's about it. when yeah. it comes to meteorology. Well, and weather. that's you know what that's it's it's such an interesting career I find because it's something that all, literally everybody talks about day to day but most people don't know anything actually about it <laughs> you know even even it's funny even in this in this podcast usually you know the warm up first minute is like oh you picked a great day to be in Toronto you know like it's not snowing outside yeah, so yeah but yeah I'm a master at small talk because that's yeah. that's I mean that's usually as you mentioned that's usually the first thing people Open, yeah. uh, try to go to to find some commonality but I guess maybe I went into too much detail for you here but uh. no no that's great I, like because you know it, the whole point of this is we like to to get into the nitty-gritty of mm-hmm. what people do and what what they're passionate about so something something like the weather so i actually pulled this off your bio on global news the first line says ross hull has had a lifelong passion for weather <laughs> so how at what point do you realize that that i you know i'm so interested in the weather that i want to make a career out of it well, that didn't happen right away, I have okay. to admit. Uh, maybe I have to work on the exact <laughs> wording of that bio. But yeah, I mean, I grew up in Montreal, so you know, really crazy winters. Yes. And I, one of my first jobs was actually shoveling driveways. So I definitely had a very close contact with winter weather and, and what it what it does. Uh, and then, you know, the, the craziness of our summers as well with thunderstorms and so on. So I, there was something about being in the weather and observing it that I always did have a passion for. I guess some of my other passions as well were performance, and mm-hmm. and that took uh, precedence, I guess, in the early part of my career. And um, and then I decided that after a while of, I'd done a, a few television series, and I was in my mid-20s, and I still hadn't been to university, and most of my friends had. So I decided to do Ryerson's uh, RTA program, Radio Television Arts, and 
that kind of opened me up to an internship at the Weather Network, and I was surrounded by meteorologists, and okay. that really, I think, brought out that that passion I had even more because these people knew things that I was just amazed that they knew, mm-hmm. and I wanted to know what they knew. So right. uh, I worked there, and then I did a program at, at Mississippi State University that's like a three-year intensive program for meteorology. So I did my RTA at Ryerson, and then I did that added program to become a meteorologist. So that's sort of how I... Gotcha. I've skipped over a lot of parts there, so, but that's, no, right, how, right. <laughs> that's how <laughs> I got there. We only do have a certain amount of time, but yeah. Um, because and, and the thing is too, there's so much. Most I'm sure most people don't realize is you know, obviously there's much 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 more to the job than you know the ten minutes you're on television giving tomorrow's forecast. So tell me what like your your day to day schedule or routine is like. Yeah, especially now I think because you know in the past you would you know go up and do. You know, some well in the before graphics, you didn't even have to build graphics. I guess it might have been more mm. difficult if you actually had to draw and create your weather boards. Now we don't do that, obviously. Right. We do telestrate sometimes, but yeah, there's a lot of uh, it's it's graphics intensive. Okay. I do my own. Like a lot of the time, people wonder whether we do our own forecasts or if we just you know copy and paste Environment Canada. But right. I can't do that because of my training, and I just I just can't do that because right. if you've got to get up there and talk for two and a half minutes about something, I need to. Have, you know, no, done it on yeah. my own. So there's a lot of prep work, all the uh, computer models, and, and you look at all those things, and then you your experience in a certain area of what's going to happen and what has happened, and you put that all together, and you build the graphics. And there's no prompter when we do weather either. I think a lot of people think that we're you know we're actually reading the forecast. Oh, really? okay. We're not. There's absolutely no prompter. So uh, that's so that's why you know it's important to kind of do some research before. And I mentioned especially now too because you know now it's not only the television platform. Uh, we do, you know, there's social media, there's the web platform, uh, you know, which is great because it opens us up to not only talking and, and, and providing content for our local markets, but, you know, international weather stories, uh, you know, like we talked about hurricanes and, and, and all those types of things. So um, it can get quite busy. And, and the model we have at Global 2 is I do weather for several markets. I don't only do one show. I do I do shows for Montreal, for the Maritimes. On weekends, we do shows across okay. Canada. So that's also something you have to be aware of is the different meteorological qualities to all these different markets and all these different cities. So, um, so yeah, it's it's, but I, I love it. I you know I, I love doing it. And uh, and there, how were you much affected during this time right now during the pandemic? Well, my my schedule is it has changed a little bit in that I do more of a hybrid. Uh, schedule. So I do some stuff from home. Okay. I've always been able to build my graphics remotely. So okay. uh, so I just build them more at home versus at the studio. Okay. And uh, at the beginning, we were doing all of our, when, when the pandemic first hit, we were doing all of our, our stuff at home. I was doing all my stuff at home. But now I do some shows at home and then I go into the studio so for were, some were later shows. So were you even doing your, your two and a half minutes live from home? Yes. Oh, yeah, really? yeah. We okay. do. We have the capability again through technology. We have, uh, we have an app that I use on my phone that connects okay. to the control room and uh, they got me a kit with uh, you know with with a bit of lighting and and uh, an IFB and a microphone like a lav mic yeah, that connects yeah. to here so it adds to the quality a little bit kind of brings up of the broadcast quality to it so yeah it's it's um, so you're never at a point where you were maybe worried about the, the resources you needed to not necessarily. I mean, if my internet goes down, that's yeah, <laughs> that's a big problem. And knock on wood, right? I'm knocking on my head currently. Uh, yeah. it, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Uh, but you know, because those are one of those things that you know, when you're at the office, 
you know, there are, there are outages and so on, but you don't really often think about that when you're at home in terms right. of it being so important necessarily. Yeah. I mean, it's important for our for other reasons for streaming content if right. you're watching TV, but it's actually now it's you're on a live broadcast. Career, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, so no, it you know I think in that sense it's been interesting to see how we can all adapt and, yeah. and make it work, and also learn about technology. I'm actually. I actually enjoy, like you're, I know you're a photographer, I actually yeah. enjoy setting up a nice shot, finding out, because I had to do a lot of stuff on my balcony, so I had to find out like the sun angle, yeah, like, yeah. you know, at what time, at yeah. what time it works at, because you don't want too much sun, you don't want too much shadow, so I, I've actually enjoyed that aspect of trying to set up a good shot and make it look okay and, and all that stuff, so uh, so luckily we, we've been able to manage so far. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. So tell me also about what are some of the because you guys also do reporting on major mm-hmm. weather stories. So what what have been some of the most interesting weather stories in your career that you've had? In my career, uh, yeah, there have been a lot. I think that uh, well, one of the things I actually wasn't in weather at that point. Okay, this was um, the ice storm of 1998, I believe it was in okay. Montreal. This is probably before you were born, but no, I come on, no, well, thank you, thank you. Okay, okay. I don't know if you. Remember. I don't would remember it. Yeah, because yeah. you were. Where did you, did you grow up in? You grew I was. Up, uh, yeah, I've always been. Okay, Toronto, so that was one of those boy. situations where uh, I was in Montreal at the time, actually shooting student bodies, which like right. we may talk about later on. Yeah, we'll get there. And yeah. uh, I was setting up to drive to LA for pilot season, and that ice storm hit. And uh, my family in the West Island, uh, they lost power. And I was actually in a hotel room downtown Montreal. So I got them to come into my hotel room because I was about to leave. So I just kept that place for them because they had no power. It was like the West Island was like a ghost town, that part of Montreal. And yeah, that was just like, I was just awestruck by that event and how it crippled Montreal. It was just unbelievable. And then you drove east along or west along the 401 after Kingston towards Toronto and it was just rain, you know, so it yeah. was basically a difference of, you know, a degree or two between, this, you yeah. know, uh, catastrophic damage from an ice storm and then just some winter rain. Were you so. in, were you in Toronto when we had the ice storm here? I was, yeah. Oh, so okay. that, yeah, so that Sorry, was, you were getting yeah, no, yeah, no, and that, so ice storm, there's something about a freezing rain because I guess of the, of the, um, all the different things that have to come together for major freezing rain event. It doesn't easily happen atmospherically and all this stuff. And I think when it does happen, I think visually as well, there's something really beautiful about it. But there's something so insidious and horrible about it as well, right? Because it can cause so much damage. It can be, you know, such a a, uh, dangerous thing as well. So, uh, yeah, that ice storm I covered, um, I was actually living near here. And the downtown wasn't as impacted uh, by that ice storm as oh, the no, suburban right. areas. Where I was, uh, it was pretty... Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, so, and that was another thing, is when I drove, you know, it just shows you, like, I guess one of the reasons why is obviously there's less trees in the downtown area. Okay. And I think a lot of the trees, you know, collapsing on power lines, I think mm-hmm. that was one of the aspects of it, too. And, but, yeah, so so that, that ice storm was the flooding that we had, the snake on a train flooding. I don't know if you remember that no. event. A few years ago, I believe it was 2013. It was it was a major flood. It was uh, oh yes, in the summer. In the, yeah, it was in the summer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was like well, yeah. what's the snake on the train? Well, it was like, on a go train. So a go train was. <laughs> I remember was, the go train. Yeah, the go flooded. Go train was flooded, and there was actually a snake that was on one of those trains. Really? And where did uh, it come from? I guess they the were. I guess the sort of the waterways and the the, the 
the rivers and all that stuff. All that water kind of gets okay. mixed up into it. So uh, I don't know. I guess I uh, do remember that, so. that flood though, because it took me like four hours to get home from work. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> so uh, so that's one of the momentous events as well. And yeah, there there are a lot of them, and yeah. and they take on you know all these storms and these situations take on personality of their own you know that's yes, the interesting yeah. thing too so it's funny you say that but because the ice storm you're right it was like kind of one of those like horrifically beautiful things because it was like it was i remember everyone running around like everyone was taking pictures of the park yes because uh, yes. everything was like no one's ever seen anything like it before right um i actually i have a really funny story about the ice storm actually because i'm 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 really uh, I love Christmas time, and every so year, every year I always have a Christmas party at my place. And I had 2013. I had just it was a couple of years out of university, and I had moved back home. So I was at my parents' house, and I threw a Christmas party. And my Christmas, they usually have 20, 20 people, something right. like that. And there's always the occasional friend who says, "Oh, can I bring this person?" So sure enough. Anyways, this one year, the year of the ice storm, uh, it just happened to be one of those times where. Everyone, everyone brought someone, and even the people bringing someone were bringing someone. Okay, okay. And at around one in the morning, one of my best friends worked at Cineplex at right. the time. And there's a Cineplex right, right by me. Right. And he brought everyone who was closing that night to my house. Oh, really? He was just like, "Yeah, I'm going to this party," and all of literally the entire staff at Cineplex was in my parents' house. <laughs> it got to the point where it was like a bad movie. Oh, right. It was like a bad movie where things were out of people were playing my drum set okay. at two in the morning, and I was at this place where I like a point where you start to get nervous. Yes. And uh, I was like, "How am I going to get everybody out of here?" Right. And all of a sudden, it was things like two thirty in the morning. All the power goes out. It was the day of the I- night of the ice storm because it happened in the middle of the night. Wow. So you had your out. Two thirty in the morning. All the power goes out, and I was actually relieved and I was like that's it everybody out wow <laughs> and then you know I wasn't happy three days later when it was still out but yeah. right yes yes yeah. yes yeah no that's true I think that was the other uh, you know backdrop to that story is that it happened right over the holidays right? I, so, and I I believe we, ours came back up Christmas Eve and I know there was people who were out of power on Christmas Day yes yeah. yes yeah. yeah so people had their you know all the stuff ready for their Christmas dinners and mm-hmm. everything in the fridges and a lot of just a tough time for sure it was for sure so tell me because we, we will we'll, we'll get into your TV pass as well but was there was it kind of like a combination of you know this was something you were interested but it was also kind of a way to get to back to TV as well like you, yeah. you realized you could merge the careers yeah you know I think that when I because I started acting when I was really young so I started when I was right like five or six or at least I started like auditioning for stuff like commercials and everything and I guess at a certain point like I'd done I'd done Are You Afraid of the Dark I'd done uh, Student Bodies and some other shows as well and some other you know I'd worked quite a lot up until my mid-twenties and I guess maybe I was ready for a change too I, you know I love the the process of working on a TV show um, the collaborative you know how you, you learn so much from people and the, the creative process, but I hated the auditioning process. Yeah, yeah. And um, and after a while, you know that it kind of gets to you. If your entire life is revolved around, you know, am I going to get that audition? Okay, I've got an audition in two days. You know, it's just so I wanted to I wanted to Was change it things up like a little bit. Was it kind of like the pressure or the anxiety of it? It was it, just or? more. You know, I think that you have to have. 
like, I think you have to have a certain, like, I have, a, I, I think I've developed a tough skin, but I think at the same time, I was just getting, you know, the rejection or the, the pressure if you don't, you know, how close you come to something if you don't end up right. getting it. And then afterwards you're thinking about it, you know, and right. so I wanted, I, wa- I did want that age. <laughs> It's a hard time. Well, I mean, and I wasn't that young. I mean, I was still in my, you know, I was, I was, at that point, I was in my early twenties. So, I mean, you still still, develop. Still, it's yeah, it it has it's tough. But and I think what you're also thinking about at that point in your life, or at least I was, is like, okay, so how how much longer am I going to do this for? And I still, you know, in my mind, I still wanted to do it, but I also still wanted to open up another opportunity and, and sort of explore some How's other things. advertising. There you go. <laughs> so, you know, because I, I was just worried about putting everything in, into one lane, and then, you, right. and then, you know, if that doesn't go anywhere, then you're, you wake up one day and you're 30, and, and what if, you know, you know yeah. there's still time, but... So, so that's one of the, that was other that was on the back of my mind as well. Is like, first of all, why not just do university? I think that's that's always a, probably a smart choice. And then, yeah, then the weather thing, you know, and then and, and was, I guess it was. There's something about weather too that is. Um, there's there's journalism involved in it. You have to follow journalistic yeah. principles, obviously. But I think there's also you can have a bit of fun with it at times too. There's an opportunity maybe to infuse a little more personality at times. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, that was maybe some of my thinking, too, behind, okay. behind weather. So. Well, I mean, as far as, uh, it's interesting you say that because, I mean, for someone already, like, you, if you grew up in Canada in the 90s, like, some of the shows you were in, where are the shows that, that we watched? You know, they were shows that yes. I, grew, I, was, yes. I religiously watched. Because there were what? There were only, like, how many channels? Like, 30 channels? Right. At the t- <laughs> you're right. You're, that's true. I never thought of it that way, so. but... But like everybody, I watched student bodies religiously, and uh, you know, you either watched both or you watched Goosebumps or Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. And but there was even when I was going through your filmography, I was like, oh, Ready or Not? I remember that Ready show. Or not. Like, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, was Eric's World? Did you Did you actually watch that show? I did. did you? Yeah. Okay. I did. When I, when I was a bit younger. Okay. Um, but yeah, and so and also, but I I always do remember your characters because they were always kind of. They're very pivotal characters, or like a lot of times the comic relief. Yes. Yeah, and uh, so I was curious. Did you did you have a favorite, or did you like a like a favorite or which character? One did you fav- connect with the most, or? Well, I think that um, Are You Afraid of the Dark was a, that was my I was I mentioned I grew up in Montreal, so I was I was acting was my priority really when I was in my late teens, and I auditioned for that, and I actually did the pilot for it, and then I I pilot got picked up and then I they asked me to come back as a different character so that was my first real big break that show yeah and so I guess I have like a sentimental feeling about it and just the experience of being on that show and um the creators of it and you know that but there was something about my character on that show that we were just the beginning and the end of the episode so we didn't actually yeah right uh, there is there are a couple times where my character actually did come back and was a part of the episodes which was great but so so you kind of felt like you were a part of the show, but yet not a part of the right, show, yeah, right? Of course, yeah. But student bodies, we were all in, right? It, the show was based on you know our, our experiences in the high school and, and, and right. all that, and I think that um, and then we were it was just a matter of synchronicity, I think, about it, the timing of all like I, because I became very good friends with all the cast members, gotcha, yeah. so we were all going through this experience together, and, and sometimes it actually. Although a lot of us were in our 20s at that point, it felt like we went back to high school for right. this show because we literally were shooting 
in a high school. Yeah. It was an abandoned high school. That the producers decided, okay, we don't want to make sets. We're just yeah. going to throw them in a high school and you know create some sets around that that okay. space. So, um, so yeah. So in terms of the experience, I think student bodies was definitely because of all those things. I think that's hmm. definitely one of my my favorite you know, projects. Yeah. And, and di- I mean, a show like Student Bodies and even Ready or Not was dealt with a lot of what's on teenagers' minds. And so was it easier to play there because you could relate? Or um, did you guys feel you could relate? Because I know you know you always hear the stories of you know, actors feeling like they missed out on parts of their childhood or anything. Was, was there ever times you felt that way? or? Um, well, I think, I think sometimes maybe just like the actual process of being a child actor and then you know going through the audition process and all those things you kind of feel like yeah instead of being able to go and you know play with my friends I had to learn lines and I had to you know get prepared for an audition right but in the in the you know from a a wider perspective I don't really think that had a huge impact I just my childhood was was a little different it's I don't think I'm I'm recovering psychologically from that right right you still went to school yeah 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 but I mean I think you bring up an interesting point about student bodies and the fact that um, I think what that show did try to do differently especially as we moved on with the show is we did try to tackle some issues that maybe some other similar genre shows weren't like alcoholism we did have um, we had a, a gay episode as well where we you know one of the characters had a gay and I mean I know this all sounds like oh wow you know really big deal but for, for that point yeah, well, uh, you know and even when you look at some of the TV now aimed for that age demographic a lot of the time they don't like to go into some of these things they like to keep it you know pretty I guess more PC light, yeah. yeah light exactly because I think there's some they're, they're, they may feel some issues about going into some of these these uh, topics so in that sense I think you know we had the comic relief of, of like a teen sitcom but we yeah. also did get into some you know more serious things too so I, I'm proud of the producers and, and the cast that we were able to do those those types of things and, with that show yeah I think so you said you you, you did you, you became very good friends with yes. and I know I think it was on ET Canada a few years ago you yes. guys did a reunion we did a reunion like, exactly 20, 20 years ago yeah. Like, yeah. makes me feel old too <laughs> but uh so was I mean tell me what that experience was like um, and yeah had you was it kind of did it feel like a high school reunion or had you kept in touch with all these uh, I, I didn't keep in touch with everyone right. but there, there are a few that I definitely to this day still keep in touch with okay. pretty regularly um, it was one of those things like I've never actually been to one of my high school reunions I don't know if you have I did okay. it was interesting yeah <laughs> so I've heard all kinds of stories about high school yeah. reunions in terms of this one it was more like um, we picked off right where we left off. Like there was no, right. you know, we were making this kind of the same jokes and, you know, we, there was no awkwardness. Okay. Um, and I think there was a respect for, like, you know, some people have continued acting, some people haven't. Mm-hmm. I think there was just no, I think we respect, we respect each other as just people. It's not, you know, what have you done lately in terms right. of your career and all that. And I think that that carried over and, and you know, I think there there's a bond that develops when you do a show like we did. Uh, well, especially because so. it was a very kind of bonded. There was six or 
eight main yes, characters yes. that were very much in every episode right, together. Right, right. So, so, and you see each other day in and day out. Right. Early calls, uh, all those types of things. So you see a lot of different aspects of people's personalities. But we we managed to maintain you know friendships throughout that entire experience. So I think that was just carried over, mm-hmm. and it was just it was just a great energy to be back back together. You know, it was uh, it was fun, and it was great to see the reaction from fans too, because Mick Perlis, who played Victor on the show, he kind of yeah. spearheaded this a little bit. I think he started the process. He got the ball rolling a little bit. And he started a Facebook group. And I think the video talking about the reunion, because it was all about us being at, um, I think we are going to do the ET Canada and we were going to do Comic-Con, I think. Or, okay. No, yeah, what's yeah. the other one? Uh, uh, Fan Expo. Fan Expo, right. Yeah. So, uh, so I think he did like a preview or a little like teaser on it. And, um, and it got like a million views on oh, wow. Facebook. Yeah. So that kind of made us think, wow, like this is, um, this is taking it to, you know, 2017 or whenever that was. People are able to connect with the show in a way they weren't able to connect way back in the late 90s because, you know, I mean, there was no Facebook. Nostalgia or, is a very, very powerful tool, yes, I found. Yes. And like I said, anyone who grew up, when I grew up, in the or in, in the nineties, mm-hmm. it's it's something they'll one hundred percent remember. You know, so um, what? So did you guys do the fan expo? We did it, and, and again, was, that, was that your first time doing something like that? That was my first time. That was a lot of our first times, and I think that was another thing we were. This it was kind of a weekend deal, so everyone got into right, town. Yeah. I think on a Thursday, and we did the ET Canada thing maybe on Friday, and then the fan expo was like on the Saturday, I think, or on the Sunday. I forget exactly which okay. day, but. We didn't know, like, they had one of the big rooms booked for us, yeah. and we've done, we've done some promo work for it, like, we've done yeah. some, you know, we've done, we did some stuff, but we didn't know who's, like, if people were going to actually show up to this thing, yeah. and when we got there, the room was overflowing, they had really? to actually, some people actually couldn't go in, which was, again, nice to see, I guess, that yeah. there was such, and, and the reaction, sometimes, you know, you get questions from people, and, you know, they tell them maybe they don't really know the show or you know but right, yeah. all the questions at the panel were really insightful uh, great questions and it was just an overall great experience yeah. you know so I know it's a, it's a it's a whole other ball game at one of yeah, those yeah and it's, like how passionate yeah. this many years later they were for the show it kind of again you know, I think that's the one great thing about social media today is you get to connect with people on that level a lot more than yes. we were able to. And I think that's what was beautiful about it is we were able to reconnect with these fans and they were able to express how they felt about the show. And we were in turn able to say thank you for supporting it and for, you know, for continuing to, yeah. to follow us. And, and so it was, it was a nice, it was a nice moment. Absolutely. That's great. Um, going one, one more thing just about, um, are you afraid of the dark? Because yes. when, whenever we had chats about it or reminiscing about something like that, everyone always had a one episode that stuck with them or something. Yes. Something that maybe freaked them out yes. or they had yeah. nightmares about that yeah. night or something. And there's a few people who actually had the same one as me. And okay. mine, mine was always one where... Um, there was some kind of red monster that came out of the drain of a school pool. Yes. I don't know if you remember that. I, do and I remember. don't remember the context, but I remember <laughs> how scary yes. he looked. I mean, maybe now, it, maybe maybe it's dated now, but but I do that one always always stuck with me. I I don't remember the exact name of that episode, right. but yeah. I know what you're talking about. And it's interesting, you know, we were talking about TV now in a way not wanting to like you know maybe go across that line. Yeah. That, 
what you're saying, mean, I, I, I'd be curious to see if you did watch it again, if you actually would be scared. Because there might be a part of you that may be scared because... Just maybe it's the nostalgia I, factor. The nostalgia know, factor. And I think, feeling. And I think yeah. the show kind of... I think if you tried to sell a show like Are You Afraid of the Dark now, I don't even know if it would go. Because right. I think that it did cross a bit of a line for kids. Mm-hmm. And, but I think that's what was so great about yeah. it as well, yeah. right? It was kind of that... that well, and you almost so. felt like a little bit risky, you yes, know, watching yes, it, you know, yeah, like you were yeah. almost like a little bit rebellious yes. watching it. You know? And I've heard all kinds, like I've heard stories as well about kids who weren't allowed to watch the show yeah. because it gave them nightmares and then they had to sneak downstairs yeah, and watch yeah. it. And so, um, so yeah, so, you know, I, I, I think that uh, that definitely left an impact and it's interesting too, with the impact it left with the, with people going into the horror genre as well. Like yeah, I've, I've heard from, you know, directors now that went into directing those types of movies because right. of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Right, or, yeah, because they you know. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I, I think that that was... Uh, was there was there an episode that ever stuck with you? It's Other hard to... That? It's hard to... Or, pick... even, and, or even Student Bodies or any Ready or Not. Um, is, there, is there one... Is there episodes that, that you kind of feel most attached to? Well, like, Are You Afraid of the Dark kind of feels like, like you feel, in a sense. Like, there's all these little... Um, Moments. There was an episode where my character. There were two casts for Are You Afraid of the Dark. It came back after my cast, so I did 65, and then there was a second cast, and they asked me to come back for a special. Uh, so my, my character Gary was with the other cast, and we kind of we had an adventure. To, it was a three-part series, I think. So that was that was fun to come back and actually have my character be a part of the episode, and, and so that was that was a good experience. And um, like student bodies again. Like we did stuff. We did a film noir noir episode as yeah. well, which was kind of crazy. Like yeah. I mean, so we had to kind of watch all these, like you know, movies from from that era and reproduce that. So that's one of my favorite favorite okay. episodes. Uh, Dead Men Don't Go to Edison, I think it's it's called. But um, so anyway, so yeah, that those are sort of two that just top of mind. That come okay. On, so. Um, and even one another thing that I found very interesting about your career, more 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 so in your your meteorologist career than, than your acting career, but it's it's taken you all over the country, and you've yes. you've lived in a lot of different places. So I uh, you know, as someone who's who's been to a lot of Canada, what what does it personally mean to you to be Canadian? That is a good question. Whether um. it be from that or or being a part of Canadian pop culture, or well. I, can, I don't really have that paradigm because, like, I'm I'm just a person who's kind of traveled through all these different projects and it's been out there and people have taken it for what it is. But okay. I don't. I think there is one thing um, about our country, and I don't want to get too political here because I've lived in the U.S. as well. Right. But yeah. there is definitely. Um, I think there's an awareness of. Again, not everyone is like this, but I think of your neighbor and, and respect for, for, you know, for you know, the people around you and also for this, you know, how lucky we are to be with the natural resources in the country we have in terms of, like, I, like I have lived in Vancouver, I lived in Calgary, you know, the, the respect for, you know, our environment, which, again, not everyone does that and I know it's, it's a continual struggle. But I think deep down within us, I think there's this connection that we have with yep. that part of our country, you know, so... I think this time in history also has yes. proven that, you mm-hmm. know, with generally how well we've done during this pandemic. But even yes. just in the idea of 
wearing masks, you know, yes. even if you don't like wearing a mask, wearing right. a mask for the sake of your neighbor. Yes. Yeah, that, that's a very good point, mm-hmm. Adam, uh, as, as I think that, again, not to get too political. Right, yes. Uh, yeah. Seeing... Well, I guess we can get political. I don't. No one's told me not to get political. No, but I mean, yeah, you're welcome to say whatever you want. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's just that I think that the difference between you know, and, and you know, as we speak, we're, we don't know what's going to happen moving right. forward here, and that's the scary part of this whole thing. But I do. I'm very. I am proud of of uh, what we as Canadians have managed to do mm-hmm. on a community level, on a national level, so far with this with this situation. I know it's been very tough for so many people. Yeah. And you know, it's everyone has had their own experience with this, but um, I think that we have managed to kind of, you know, uh, he, he, we, there's not a, I think there's a, people are, are listening and I think they're, they're aware of how you know, serious this is. So I think that most people are anyway. So I'm, I'm proud that Canadians have kind of come together yeah, that way. Too. So. Too. And it, it's, and it's, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of nice to be able to take pride in that too, you know, like to, you know, as a, you know, a very large community, as yes. a country. You know? Yeah, so. and you know, and you know, going back to, you know, uh, how luck, how blessed we are here as well in terms of our natural resources and, and the land we've got. I think a lot of people would oftentimes travel, you know, outside of our country, but I think it's also forced people to kind of explore some of the, That's, you know, yeah. natural habitat around where they live a little closer. And I and I think people have realized how important that is too to connect yeah. with with those types of environments. I on, noticed on your social media too, yes. you've taken kind of the opportunity to explore. So what what have been some of your highlights? Well, I, I'm I'm lucky enough that my family has um, a cottage up on the Bruce Peninsula. So oh, okay. yeah. uh, I oftentimes go there during the summer, but. That's really been the only spot I've traveled okay. to during the pandemic. So I've spent more time out there. Yeah. And again, I think being out there has made me appreciate it's you know perfect year to be a cottage owner. That's yes, for sure. yeah. yeah, I know. And um, it's my sister's cottage, and she's gotten so many requests from people. I bet, I bet. <laughs> you know, yeah. but yeah, I, I I just feel lucky. Like, and it, and it has been nice to to get away from the city a little bit too, and go to yeah. these spots and, and kind of uh, yeah. So, so have you felt a certain like. Uh, a certain connection to kind of each of the cities that you've lived in and you know do you have a certain kind of feel like I I don't don't know how to describe it but I know when I'm in certain places there's a certain feeling I get inside almost as I can't even describe it but do you feel that way like say when you go back to Montreal or something like that definitely I mean Montreal has its connections because I grew up there and also I worked there I shot both Mm. Are You Afraid of the Dark and Student Bodies there so there's definitely a connection to that city and I I grew up in the suburbs, and then when I ended up working on those shows, I lived downtown, so I had a completely different experience with the city as well, and I love Montreal, it's definitely, uh, but yeah, you know, I've been lucky enough to work in Vancouver, go to school in Vancouver, work in Calgary, so I think when you work in a city too, especially, uh, like I was, I was working as a reporter in Calgary, so I got to, uh, you know, you get to know the city, you get to know the inner workings of the community, so, and and I think the amazing thing too is, you know, you make friends there, colleagues, friends outside of work. And those people I still keep in touch with. Like, one of my best friends is in Vancouver. I met him when I lived out there. Yeah. And we still travel. Well, we used to travel together. Yeah, we don't right. travel together. We haven't recently. I haven't seen him because of the distance. But um, I think that's the beautiful thing, too, about living yeah. in different spots. Is, and I think you, you understand people's perspectives in, in all these different cities as well. You know, like what, I think a lot of the time people judge people who live in Toronto. 
Yeah, it's true. I think there's a <laughs> lot know? of misconceptions about Toronto, but yes. uh, maybe I'm, I'm also very biased because yes. I've been here for yes. 30 years. But, but yeah. I think you, when you travel to other parts of the country, you maybe understand yes, yeah. where those come from. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, I, I, I'm, I, I'm in love with this city now too. And I think you become, I'm, I've become more in love with it after leaving for a while too. I've always, I feel, I appreciate coming back to it. Yeah. I've always found travels done that for me as well. Appreciate where, where you come from. So does this, does this feel like home to you now? It does now. There was, there was a point where I was restless and, and, uh, actually interestingly enough when SARS Broke right. here. Yeah. I was still pretty heavily into acting, and I don't know if you recall that. But I do. Yeah. <laughs> that was when a lot of productions started leaving Toronto as well because it was the epicenter. So, you know, at that point, that's when I. That was the first time that I decided to move out to Vancouver to get a change of uh, scenery. But, um, but yes, I. There were points where I, there was a bit of a love hate with Toronto. Yeah. I wanted to be closer to the mountains, closer to the ocean, right. and those are all great things. But there's a. Uh, there's an energy to the city yeah. that I really love and also being closer to my family which right. is they're in southwestern Ontario that's really important to me now too okay. right so so did they move there too uh or were they because were they in, in Quebec they were my parents were in Montreal and my older sister moved to uh to southwestern Ontario so and my parents my, they had kids and my parents joined them there so right. I still have a brother in Montreal so I still visit him okay. when I can but uh, a lot of my family's moved out yeah. to Montreal I was I remember that when SARS was going on when it ended and they had I always remember that because that was around when my music my own music taste started to develop right and I remember they had that massive Downs View they did fest. yes did you go to that I didn't go to that but I remember seeing images of it it yeah, was just I didn't go either and it's one of the things I always <laughs> kicked myself about after because I was like why didn't you go to that like, anyways but yeah that's that's one of my memories of SARS but I don't remember it I remember because I was so young at the time it was one of those things that was like, oh, be careful, but it didn't really affect me as a kid. It, I remember it, it must have, she didn't talk about it much because she didn't want to concern me. My mom worked in the hospital oh, in Mount yes. Sinai, so she yes. was obviously very involved yes. with it. And, uh, yeah, so totally different perspective um, from if it, were, if it were to happen now or if it's happening right now. Yes. But, uh, yeah. Um, a couple other things. I always like to talk about some fun things that people are interested in on the side. So you have one thing I've seen, I can tell you love so much from is, is you have these two beautiful dogs. So tell me, tell me about the dogs. Like one, I remember one's called Louie. It's called Louie. And one's called Jasper. And okay. uh, they're actually, so they, I'm their, I guess their stepdad or they're my adopted dogs. Because okay. they're my partner's dogs. So, oh, okay. Um, so. And so he... He moved to Toronto a couple years ago, and he actually got them out in Calgary. And the reason why they're named um, Jasper and Louise, they're named after Jasper National Park okay. and Lake Louise because of their eyes. And, gotcha. And, but, uh, yeah, they're husky crosses, and um, they are just amazing dogs. I mean, I've, always, I've had dogs growing up, and, um, you know, I guess part of dating my partner was you know these these two dogs yeah. come along with it but it was it was a compliment in fact I think it all kind of worked really well and you know um, during this whole pandemic I think it's been a nice I mean you have a dog yourself and I, I do I've heard stories of a lot of people getting dogs during this time yeah I so, so I, I got mine actually it was very good time I got her in February so like a month just before it all before it all happened yes yeah so I think there's something very therapeutic about having these beings. Sure, I mean know? it's changed my lifestyle completely, <laughs> actually completely, because they're like like almost like a child. There's yes. another 
living creature that you have to yes. look yeah. after and care for, yeah. you know, have to think about and put first. So, um, but I, I mean, I it just it's become very apparent from what I've seen that that the dogs mean obviously a lot to you. Yeah, they do, and and it's so nice to be able to. Um, they're active dogs, so if if like. I didn't have to go through all the trouble. They're both rescues, too. Your oh, dog, okay. Your dog is a rescue, you mentioned, yes, right? Yes, yeah. So, you know, Rodson had to go through the, you know, everything of kind of, you know, that process of getting yeah. it. I was lucky so enough. Do you know they, how old they were when he got them? They, they're they now, uh, Louis just turned four. Okay. And Jasper's six. Okay. So, um, but, yeah, they're, they're very active dogs. So Did he get them as puppies? He got or? them as puppies, yeah. He oh, got okay. Them, so that's, so again, the so, yeah. same, similar, similar yeah. situation to me. So they love hiking. Uh, that's why, you know, going to the cottage with them any season. Like, they actually yeah. prefer the snow and, right. you know, all that. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty active, so I, I like sharing that with them. And yeah. I think it's nice. I know sometimes on a winter day, if you have to take the dog out in the morning, you know, you don't want to go out in minus 30 weather. Right, right. But at the same time, I think there's something good about being forced to get yeah. your day yeah. started, you know, and get outside and get moving and, and get all those things. It's been outside. actually, it's been one of my saving graces in this because for months it was my only social life <laughs> was at the dog park. <laughs> you know, like, yes. Because you, know, you can at least talk to someone from a distance yes. while your dog ran around yes. and had fun. <laughs> <laughs> so it is, it is, to be honest, it is a. a it is. It's a beautiful, and, and it's been nice to hear that you know a lot of the rescues are are empty right now. Um, you know, and you only hope that it's, once you know once this hopefully does clear up that people are still as connected to their. That is my one hope yeah, with course. all this is that you know it wasn't one of those things. It's like just a trend that I'm people lonely, took so, on, yeah. <laughs> and they they follow through with taking care yeah. of their their dogs. I mean, personally, I don't see how you could go back once you know. Yeah, if someone yeah. tried to take you have back. that connection. It's yeah, just, yeah I've, I've had mine seven months now, but already I'm like I would. Him. Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, and the other thing that I I tell you you kind of briefly mentioned is that you live a very healthy and active lifestyle. So give me Ross Hall's <laughs> advice in staying fit during the pandemic. Well, you look you look pretty fit yourself. I'm so. I'm a, I'm an exercise nut as yeah. well. I am. Well. But there was a while I was going a little crazy. Well, you know, that was one of the things for me that I definitely had to adjust to is, you know, in I, I try to go to the gym every day. My mm-hmm. condo has, luckily, this is one of the reasons I decided to, you know, to, to get that condo was the fact that it has a pretty big gym. But everything was closed during the pandemic. Yeah, so yeah. it forced me to... Has it reopened yet? It's reopened. Okay. Now we have to... Uh, there's a limited amount of people. You have right. to book an appointment, and there's protocols so you have, have to you go through. Have you used it since? I have. And yes. How do you feel about? Uh, I feel I feel safe because I feel like there's something at stake. That, like you can't have guests come in. It's it's purely people in my community. Yeah. So I feel like we had to sign a, a you know waiver and all these things. So I think that there's a responsibility there, yes, and yeah, I'm I hoping agree. that people follow through with that. And okay. so in that sense, I do. I mean, there's always there is a risk. Yeah. Um, but I feel that because of the fact that it is a, a big gym as condo yeah. gyms go there's there's opportunity to, to yeah. social distance and so, so from march to june or whatever what, yeah. what were you doing i was doing a bot like body weight exercises i eventually was in able the condo in the condo okay. was able to get a pull-up bar because i know there was okay. a huge surge of, of demand, for, demand for workout of stuff i don't yeah. know if you tried to get no, stuff but, uh, but so i i didn't buy weight i know a lot of people started like buying weights and doing all those things but i have a gym that's just like floors down so yeah. why am i going to start i mean who knows how long we may be in this situation but I, I knew that at some point i'd have the opportunity hopefully to go back to my gym are you so are you someone who loves or hates cardio 
Uh, it depends. I actually have grown to love cycling. Cycling, okay. So yeah. I, you know, that's the one thing this year, like this, when the pandemic started, I, I cycled like in f- nine, 10 degree weather. Usually yeah, right. I like 15 and above is and what I do outside. In a area for cycling. Get right on the lakeshore here. Yeah. So I did a lot of that early on when the pandemic yeah. first hit. Uh, because that was the one thing that you felt like you you know you could do. Could do yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I've developed a passion for it, and uh, I love doing it, especially because it's a great way to you know to get your cardio in, but you can also take in a, a, a yeah. great a summer day and try and get to know parts of your city too. There's so many it's bike true. paths yeah. around the city that are you know, and even like in like the outskirts of the GTA yeah. that you get to discover. So that's it's funny because we were you were saying how Canadians have taken a to travel outside but right. I've actually discovered so many areas of Toronto I didn't even think yeah. to go to before just because I was like you know what change the scenery let's yeah. go that way yeah yeah, yeah. and I like personally I, I love running actually okay. most people hate it but I, I love running actually no you either love or hate <laughs> running so a lot of people love and obsess with it but I've, I've over the last few years I've had to ration my runs because I start to get pains and uh, I have to admit March, April because it was one of the few things I could actually do safely I was a little over <laughs> indulgent and I paid for it a little bit later. But yeah, I, I, I actually, I, I, when the first, when it first started, I actually moved back to my, my mom's house because I, one, the company was nice. <laughs> and two, uh, I actually, I felt safer than being in a condo because right. I remember at the time we were very worried about tactile touching things and stuff. So it's yes. like, got a little nervous in the elevator. So yes. it's like, I feel, and I was like, one, either mom, I, I don't see you at all <laughs> or I moved back in. So she was happy to have me back and she had some luckily she had some workout equipment oh, so really? oh great i was able to work out in the basement but yeah since same thing my condo gym's reopened and it's it's a funny thing to look back because I, I don't feel comfortable necessarily going back to good life um but it was one of those things that i when i first started getting into exercise i used <laughs> did you did there, you plan that or? i did not plan that but there you go you got noticed there you go little, as, the, uh, as the weather guy stardom, yes. uh, <laughs> a little uh a little uh, uh high five yeah. <laughs> um yeah so it was it was i found it very funny that when I first started working out, I was using that that condo gym, and then once I joined Good Life, I was like, "Oh man, I can never go back to that condo gym. It's so restrictive." But now that I've been able to go back to the condo gym, I'm like, "This is amazing! This is- it changes your paradigm." It does like, I would it does. what I would usually switch things up is I would just like to go to Good Life because there's so many around here. I would, yeah, you know, to get out of the condo gym before pre-pandemic, I would do that maybe once or twice a yeah. week. Now, I mean, I don't, I don't no. know if I'm necessarily like. I at this point, I, I prefer to stay, Me you know, too. stay in my Me condo too. gym. But I think that's what this whole thing, the pandemic, has done is it's just changed your perspective on things. Absolutely. Like you mentioned, your, your, your mom. Like mm-hmm. you know, um, my parents, um, thankfully, are have been safe through this whole thing. And yeah. you know, it's, it, you know, visiting them and that whole process, and we have to think about ahead of visiting them. And all these things. So, you know, I think it just makes you kind yeah. of, you know. And I, like, I, it sounds like you're similar, but I'm someone who's very, I'm very close with my mom. So at that beginning, it was like, we don't know how long this is going to yeah. last. Either I, you know, God knows the next time I can see you or, or I just move back. You know? Right. And, right. Grant, I'm sure there's a few times both of us wish we did it, <laughs> but yeah. But it was, you know, it was actually quite nice, you know, at the same time to have, uh, you said you do there's obviously an appreciation and, and going forward if, you know now I won't take for granted things like not just relationships but even like going to the gym and you know I, 
yeah, it just, <laughs> I was just like, oh my gosh, it feels so good to lift something heavy. It was like my pecs disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, you know, I, I, and again, I tried to embrace the change when I was working out in my condo, doing the body weight stuff, because you get into a routine with, mm. you know, with weights and so on, and it's good to change things up, but after a while, you're right, you miss that, you know, that, that ability to lift something heavy and yeah. to use that equipment. So I, yeah, every time I go, I'm very appreciative it is, of, it of is. being it's able a, to do You're it. right. It has so. a whole new appreciation to it now. And hopefully, similarly like we're saying with the dogs, it's something that going forward we all kind of learn and yes. don't take for granted. Uh, well, Ross, I know you're running low on time. Um, one thing we do sometimes as a kind of fun wrap-up is we do a, a hot seat round. Okay. And uh, if you're up for it, sure. what it is, it's 12 questions in okay. 60 seconds. Okay. And most of them are short. There's actually a few toughies, so it might actually be a tough <laughs> round. But we're going to uh, we're gonna put, give me a second, I'm going to put 60 seconds on my clock here. Obviously, we take it very seriously. <laughs> okay. So starting in, Siri's trying to get at me here. Okay. Starting in three, two, one. Favorite season? Summer. Skiing or snowboarding? Skiing. Comedy or horror films? Horror. Favorite cheat meal? Pizza. Simpsons or Family Guy? Simpsons. Beach or mountains? Mountains. Uh, best movie show you think you've seen recently? Um, Waco, the documentary yeah. on that. Uh, favorite takeout spot in Toronto? Uh, Coco Rice Thai, which is just around here. Thai yeah. food. Uh, Madonna or Lady Gaga? <laughs> How could you ask me to choose between those two? Uh, Lady Gaga. Uh, Nirvana or Foo Fighters? Uh, Nirvana. Uh, first travel spot post-pandemic? Uh, the Cottage. Uh, if you could star in any movie or show with any actor or actress, who would it be? Oh, um, hmm. it would have to be Sean Penn. There you go. In five seconds. We did it? There. We did it? Did oh, it. good. Those good. are some hard ones there, too. <laughs> I was thinking when I was doing it, when I was like, I was like, some of these would take me a good 10 seconds to think of. But Coco, Coco. Coco Rice Thai, yeah. What's that? It's just at King and Bathurst. Um, okay. Yeah, it's it's got really, uh, I love Thai oh, food. Oh, I know the one, yes. Do you know where that I is? I drive by it all the time, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, they've never been there. Their Pad Thai is great. Their other stuff is really good, too. Have so. Pie? I have been to Pi. Okay. Um, I I like Pi, but Pi is like to go in. Right now person, you can't. You can't. But it's it's very again. good. Yeah, I don't know if they still do takeout. For some reason, yeah. I don't know. It's just worked out with the proximity yeah, of this place. Perfect. And so. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and what was the other one that I thought was interesting in there? Oh, sorry. And actually, I meant first travel spot. After the pandemic. Oh, after oh, where I want to go. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right. Sorry, I sorry, guess we are still in the pandemic. Well. I, I accepted um, it because we, you know. Let's th- let me think about like. Do I get a few, yeah, s- few seconds you can, for that? Um, well, I wanted to go to. Uh, I did Italy last summer. Okay. So I think um, I think Spain is, is okay. somewhere where Barcelona. Where yeah, yeah, or South America. I've never been to uh, you know to Brazil or to. Uh-huh. I want to see um, Brazil, Chile Brazil. and uh, all those places. So I went to Brazil for the World Cup. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, wow. It was you know, it was like two bucket list items in one. Right. We're a big soccer family. So. Oh, nice. And I heard uh, you mentioned that you, I don't know when that was recorded, but you, you went to Japan as well. I did go last to Japan. Year? I went uh, for New Year's. For New Year's. Also, top top five, elite, maybe top three. That's on my bucket list too. It is amazing. Amazing. And to be honest, I'll be honest, it's, it's selfish, but I I traveled solo. I actually, I knew, I have a couple friends who live in Tokyo. I got very lucky, but I went solo 
on purpose for the reason that I was like, I have all these things I want to do and nobody's going to mess it up for me. So, <laughs> hey, yeah. you know, and, if you're taking uh, the time to travel, you want to make sure you get the most. I highly recommend it. I highly recommend it. And if you need tips, I will. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm hoping we're in a situation where I can Event, actually yes, hit you up for it. some tips yeah, on travel no, soon. God knows when that is. <laughs> but yeah, I was actually hoping. Did you have any trips you had to cancel? No, I didn't. Yeah. I, I mean, I hadn't booked anything. I was right. planning stuff, yes, but yeah. I know a lot of people got was caught. That, with, you were planning Spain? Or? Yeah, yeah, Spain or Portugal. So okay. yeah. Yeah, I was lucky too. I hadn't had anything really booked. But uh, originally I was going to road trip California. Actually, I would have been there now. This is the time I would have done it. But yeah. You've been to California already? I've never been. Oh, wow. And it's funny because it's for that reason that I've never, I've had opportunities to go for a long weekend or something. And I always had this idea in my head that I wanted to drive the entire coast. And I didn't want to spoil anything. I didn't want to know anything before I actually did that. So I've kind of always passed it up until I had this opportunity. And you, now, where were you going to do? San Francisco to L.A.? Or originally, I was going to do Seattle all the way down to L.A. And then I changed my mind because I kind of wanted to do a loop instead through the national parks and even go maybe over to Utah for check a out the, Maybe check out the Grand Canyon. The Grand Canyon and then over, to, yeah, over yeah. to some of the parks in Utah. And, yeah, no, definitely do that. California yeah. is, uh, you know, it's an amazing state. Yeah. Um, I mean, now there's a lot of stuff going on with the fires, right, obviously. Right. But yeah, it won't happen for a little yeah. while. But I've I've waited this. You should do it okay. for sure. Yeah, and then I wanted to actually I wanted to climb Kilimanjaro in 2021, so that might have to be pushed as well. But yeah. Yeah, I've had friends who've done that. It's quite yeah. the experience. Yeah, I've I've you? heard it's manageable. It just most mostly depends on how you deal with the altitude. Yeah. The altitude sickness, yeah. yeah. I have, my nephew did it, and uh, one of his friends just happened, like, hey, suddenly. You don't know either. That's and he had to, that, he had, that was yeah. it. But they continued. I've and, been to Machu so. Picchu when I was okay, but different You're a well-traveled individual. I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah, I have been lucky. I have to yeah. say I've been blessed. I've been blessed that way. Uh, and it's mostly been in the last, once I graduated university. Actually, right. you know what? I was I was blessed as, as a kid, even, because my, my parents are Irish. Um, they're from Northern Ireland. Okay. And so my mom's family still are all over there. So we always kind of made a trip. Anytime we went over, my mom's from a small town. So right. we'd always kind of spend a week there and then a week and somewhere. And you somewhere else. Well, yeah, with, with our family there. Yeah. So I was always lucky and I kind of got that bug early. Yes, totally. And, uh, you know, I've always been lucky. It's kind of always what I've spent my savings on. You know? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, I think it's so important for perspective and also, like we it mentioned, is. appreciating what we've got here too. And, and you'll, so. you'll know if you go to South, like just experiencing different cultures is so enlightening mm -hmm. as just mm -hmm. as, like you said embracing what you have but also what else is out there and, and how different no. other like like life yes. is you know because yes. we live in such a box of this is how our life is and how it should be Italy was an eye opener Italy is yeah oh my god yeah Brazil will be if you go there and yeah, wait, hopefully yeah. you get to do that even Japan all of them all yes. of them so yes. I've, yeah I mean I, I've, I've been to Africa before India. India is a complete I've eye been opener. A, I actually managed to go to India. Uh, yeah, so that was, that. to me, that was one of the biggest yes. eye openers. I'm yes. sure you probably have a similar experience. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, Ross, I'm okay. sure we can go on for forever <laughs> on this, but... Uh, well, thanks for Thank uh, you so much for, me, for doing this. It was great, and uh, we'll have to do follow-up maybe uh, post-pandemic. Post we'll, I'm up for it. Yeah. All right. All right. So thanks, Ross. Okay. Adamantium. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Adamantium Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd absolutely love for you to subscribe to us on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. I'd also love to see you on social media. You can follow on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Thank you again so much for listening.